You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 327. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Do you ever see people wearing something on their arm and you're wondering, what what is that kind of tracker? Because that's what it is. It's a tracker of some sort, right? I have now seen commercials, I've seen ads, I've seen people walking around, and people are wearing continuous glucose monitors, which is something that was invented and made for diabetics. So I found it really fascinating that all of a sudden, this was being promoted for all people. And so I thought, this sounds like a great Earn That Body podcast, not to mention it was brought up by one of my clients for the Ask Me Anything segment, and I realized it was time to talk about continuous glucose monitors. Should you use them? What are they? The pros, the cons. It's time to do the deep dive on continuous glucose monitors, also sometimes called CGMs. So we're going to talk about all of that, but I do want to let you know the uh, meal plan challenge is off to an amazing start. Last week was the first week. Everybody is loving the recipes. This second week, you start a new round of recipes, and then in the third week, you have a complete full one-week meal plan of breakfast, snack, lunch, dinner, everything, because so many people were telling me that they just wanted me to tell them what they should eat. So I made a meal plan based on everything I was eating all summer. I worked on these recipes for months until they were sort of perfected to hit the perfect balance of macros and also to be pleasurable on the palate because it's super easy to make food hit the macros that taste terrible. It's also super easy to make food that tastes amazing but is completely unhealthy for you. Like sometimes I watch these Instagram reels And they're showing someone making what they call a healthy, like, protein bar. And I look at what they're doing. I'm like, it's loaded with chocolate chips and peanut butter and this and that. And I'm like, well, anybody can make a protein bar taste good by loading anything in it. But that doesn't mean that it's healthy just because it has a little bit of protein in it. Like, honestly, if something that's called a protein anything, a protein ball, a protein bar, it better have like 15 grams or more of protein for me to even get excited about it. And it better taste good at the same time but yet without all the sugar, right? So anyway, in the meal plan challenge, getting these recipes down to that they tasted great and fit the balance definitely took months of work, but I'm super excited that it's paying off and everyone is enjoying the plan. Now, if you didn't get into the meal plan challenge, don't worry because you can start on Monday on your own. There will not be an official group at this point. We've got a solid group. You only get that group the first time I launch a program, but you can start the meal plan challenge on your own. So just go to earnthatbody.com, go to the program section, you'll see meal plan challenge and get started. It's 21 days to ease you in so that you don't feel the overwhelm that most people feel with a meal plan. So check it out. Now we're going to talk about continuous glucose monitors right after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Today's Eagle Eye on Health, I have a bit of a rant. (laughs) Now, the Eagle's Eye on Health, it could be news, it could be education, it could be 
uh, bits of inspiration. This week, I feel like I have to go into this quick story for you because I think it's important that people understand that when a doctor tells you something, you need to assess whether that is right for you or not. So I went to get my third opinion on my second injury. My knee injury is hopefully healing. I had PRP um, done several weeks ago. I'm in physical therapy, but I have a glute hamstring issue that is probably a compensation issue, which is probably worse pain than the actual knee problem at this point. And doctors are struggling to figure out what's wrong. Now, I went to a new doctor who was referred to me to see, and he walked in and basically cut off the PA who was there getting my intake, and she gave him a quick assessment. Well, Kim has some high hamstring glute pain, and she had an MRI, and, um, and then he basically said, okay, well, show me where your pain is, and I showed him. He had me lay on the table. He lifted my leg up to see what my uh, flexibility was in my hamstring. I have very good flexibility. I do not have pain when you lift my leg all the way towards my chest when I'm laying on my back, and he said, well, If you had a hamstring problem, you'd have pain right here. And I said, okay, but I don't, exactly. I don't think I have a hamstring problem. That's why I'm here, because I need someone to figure out what I have. And he said, well, I don't know. He literally looked at me and said, I don't know. I said, okay, well, I I am, you know, I, I have a labral hip tear. Do you think it could be from that? And he said, well, do you have groin pain? I said, no. He said, no, then it's not that. I said, okay. And he said, yeah, I mean, uh, you don't want to get hip tear. You don't want to get the surgery for the labral hip tear. And I said, well, I know I've been avoiding it, but if my hip tear has gotten worse and it's causing this glute pain, then, you know, I I do have to consider it. He says, you don't want that. You don't have that kind of pain. Honestly, if I were you, I would just live with this. He looked at me and told me I should live in pain. I'm 51 years old. I looked at him and said, I am an athlete. I want to run again, and I cannot run because it hurts so much in my glute and my hamstring. He said, okay, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I literally almost fell off my chair. I was like, the worst doctor in the world. He didn't do any other tests besides lifting my leg all the way up to check my flexibility. Uh, I said, well, some doctors think maybe there's some kind of impingement. He said, mm. He rolled my leg side to side. He goes, mm, you'd have pain if I did this. So I don't think so. I just don't know what it is. And that was it. And then I said, well, I'm having back pain too. Could it be from my low back? I have scoliosis. He said, well, why don't you go see our back doctor? And that's where he left it. He referred me to another doctor. His office was packed. It was like a factory in there, which means he had no time to evaluate me. He had no care in the world to actually figure out what was going on for me. I I walked out of there so irritated With Western medicine today, at least in our country, the way that I've seen it, it has gotten so bad that the doctors are just literally like factories right now. One person in, one person out, and he didn't have the time to really delve into what was going on internally in my body. Like, he needed to assess where my pain started, where it ended, all the stuff that I was really hoping for, he didn't get to. So the point of this is, if you walk out of a doctor's office and you feel like you have, I felt like I had been wronged, you know, like why did I even waste my time coming in here because you don't want to do the hard work and really assess what's going on. So obviously 
I will continue to seek doctors and I will continue to figure out what's going on on my own if I have to. Like on a daily basis, I'm looking up every insertion point of every muscle to try to figure out what's going on. But don't give up. Do not accept when a doctor says to you, I think you should just live with it. You know what, if I'm 80, 90, maybe I'll live with it, but I'm 50 years old and I'll be darned if I'm going to live in pain for the next 10 years, knowing that any pain you have right now is only gonna be 100 times worse in 10 years, right? Okay, that's my rant, but again, I just really think it's important that you are empowered when you see a doctor. Do not take whatever they say and think that that is the only truth because it is not. And it is important that you always, especially if it's for you or for your child, I was really like, God, what if this was for my son and the doctor said that? Like, I would be so mad. I don't know why you're always madder when it's for your children. But anyway, just always please be empowered by your own strength and your own knowledge to know that something like that is an unacceptable diagnosis. Okay, there you have it. Now, let's talk about what so many people are asking about, because I've had people ask me my opinions on it, and you may have seen these things where people are wearing these little circles on their arm, which at one time was a very normal thing for diabetics to wear, it still is, but all of a sudden more people are wearing these little things on their arms. So a lot of our information today comes from Harvard Health. It was very hard to find any information that is unbiased information because The majority of the information is coming from the companies who make these glucose monitors. And you do not want to get your research from those companies, typically. You want to go outside that so that it is unbiased information. So this information is coming to you from Harvard Health. It is from a doctor, Dr. Robert Schmerling. And he had a very interesting little um, introduction when he started his article. It said this, here's an ad you haven't seen, but it could be coming soon. A man jogs along a dirt path, meandering through idyllic countryside. He pauses at an overlook and glances down at his cell phone. The phone screen flashes a number telling him his blood sugar is normal. He smiles and resumes his run. What's different about this ad, you might wonder, The jogger does not have diabetes. So how does his phone know his blood sugar and why in the middle of a run does he want to know the result? So that's how this article started. And I thought, well, that's exactly what I've been seeing. I see these people wearing these monitors. I see it a lot on social media right now. It's definitely an advertisement that keeps popping up. And it's like, okay, why are people that don't have diabetes wearing these diabetes monitors, basically. So if you don't have diabetes, should you monitor your blood sugar is basically the question that is now coming up. Well, there's so many companies that are working so hard to make an ad like this a reality because they are marketing this implantable blood sugar measuring device to all people right now. So these devices, as I said, they're called Continuous Glucose Monitoring Systems, or CGMs, and they used to only be worn by people who had diabetes because it is so urgent 
for a diabetic to know what's going on with their blood sugar, blood glucose levels. So can you imagine what would happen to these companies if they could convince healthy people to start monitoring their blood sugar as well? Already people are monitoring their weight every day, their heart rate, how many steps they take per day, how many hours they sleep, all that kind of stuff is already being monitored. So why not give them another thing to monitor? And again, it would greatly benefit these companies. Now, what exactly is the CGM? So it's a tiny sensor, or it's like a tiny little wire or filament, and it pierces the skin to frequently and very easily assess your blood sugar levels. This little filament remains in place, usually on the upper arm, or it could even be on the abdomen, and it's protected by an adhesive patch, and results are displayed on a receiver or transmitted generally nowadays to your phone. So what is the health benefit in this? Is there any evidence of benefit if people without diabetes monitor their blood sugar levels with one of these CGMs? Well, according to this doctor, there's little published research to help answer that question. Now, the best study he could find found nothing particularly surprising among 153 people who didn't have diabetes, about 96% of the time, blood sugar levels were normal or nearly normal. And in fact, many of the abnormal levels that they got were considered implausible or basically a mistake. Another small study looked at sedentary individuals with diabetes who were over, or I'm sorry, without diabetes, who were overweight or obese, and these participants completed a counseling session about the effects of physical activity on blood sugar, and they used a CGM device and an activity tracker for 10 days. Afterwards, they reported feeling a little more motivated to exercise. But he could find no published study suggesting that monitoring translates into improved health. Then he says that there was one maker of a CGM device that did post a study on its website reporting better blood sugar results among healthy people if they used their product. However, the study wasn't even published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. It lacked the details that would allow critical evaluation, and it examined what seemed to be arbitrary ranges of blood sugar values, not actual health outcomes, like heart disease, nerve damage, even hospitalizations. So really, until more studies can prove the value of CGM for people without diabetes, we won't really know whether the cost and the time that it takes to implant one of these systems is accomplishing anything, or is it just the latest health monitoring fad wasting more effort, more money, and more time? And not to mention with cost, they are not cheap. These little devices can cost several thousand dollars a year, and it is highly unlikely that health insurers are going to cover a CGM for people without diabetes because there's really no compelling evidence to support that it is helpful at all. Now, 
blood sugar monitoring for people with diabetes is, I mean, there's undeniable health benefits if you have diabetes. Because for people with diabetes, a major goal of therapy is simply to keep the blood sugar close to normal range. And this helps to prevent symptoms and complications. It prolongs their life. It improves the quality of their life. And the development of CGM devices that can frequently and easily monitor blood sugar levels without finger sticks has revolutionized care for millions of people with diabetes. Besides providing results of blood sugar levels, some devices have alarm settings that alert the user or other people if their blood sugar, in fact, becomes dangerously low or even dangerously high, and some systems can transmit results directly to the user's doctor if desired. So, of course, for a diabetic, these are essential monitors and devices, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, five years ago, if you said, you know, to a diabetic, do you think that everybody's going to want to wear one of these one day? I'm sure they would have said, no way. I don't even want to wear one of these. Like just getting a diabetic to sometimes wear these is really hard because they don't want this little filament needle in their arm all day long, every single day. They don't want to check their blood glucose after every meal, before every meal. I mean, it's a lot of work to do. And I'm sure they'd be like, are you serious? This is going to become a fad? Because I have to do it because I have an illness. But how crazy is it that this is now potentially becoming a fad? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Nothing surprises me anymore. When it comes to fad diets and what people are willing to take and do to be so-called skinny, nothing nothing amazes me anymore. But this one, it is kind of crazy to think that people are doing this. Now, in this article in the Harvard Health, they say if knowledge is power, well, then why not? monitor your blood sugar, right? Because knowledge is power. I'm definitely a fan of that. So why would a person who doesn't have diabetes want to even monitor their blood sugar? Well, this is what a lot of people are saying who usually make the CGMs or just are in favor of these devices in general. They're saying it could detect pre-diabetes. Well, that's true. In pre-diabetes, blood sugar is slightly high, but it's not high enough to meet the definition of diabetes. So for healthy people, blood sugar testing is typically recommended every three years or so. And if you're pre-diabetic, if that's what they diagnose when they do one of those tests, then you would repeat the test more often, maybe at least yearly. Well, these CGM devices might allow earlier diagnosis of prediabetes or diabetes, and this could be particularly helpful for people at higher risk for diabetes due to family history or other factors and people taking certain medications that can raise your blood sugar. So, I mean, yeah, that could be a valid reason, but I'm pretty sure on social media that's not what I'm detecting in the marketing ad, (laughs) that it's because the person had a family history, right? Now, another thing is the notion of optimizing blood sugar for peak mental or physical performance is another reason that some people are saying they are using a CGM. Now, not surprisingly, some of the CGM makers suggest knowing your blood sugar could actually help you make changes to keep 
it in an ideal range that would help you perform your best, prevent diabetes, which we know, or improve health in some other way. For example, you might change what or when you eat, according to these CGM companies, if you knew what your blood glucose levels were. None of these marketing notions has been proven or even well studied, and guess what? Even the ideal blood sugar range for a person who isn't diabetic, it's uncertain. There's not even this exact perfect, oh, this is the range that you should definitely be in. Now, another reason some people want to use one of these monitors is because there's this illusion of control. Having more information about your body may provide you with a sense of control over your health, even if you take no immediate action. Some people just want every little bit and ounce of information that's going on, right? So these Apple watches and these aura rings, like they're telling you a million different things. And some people find that it's a, it helps them control things. I mean, personally, I would stick to the Apple watch and the aura ring before I stick a filament in my arm all day, every day to get some kind of control. And then the last thing is curiosity. Let's face it, it's tempting to, again, gather this information about our bodies that might be interesting, even when we're not really sure what to do with that information. And and that is a very funny topic in itself. It could be a whole podcast, but some of this information that we are gathering from the Aura Rings and the Apple Watches and all this other stuff, it's like, okay, so now you know X, but do you know what to change now? Do you know what that means to your health and what you need to modify? And even if you do know, are you actually going to do it? I mean, let's put it this way. I know that I shouldn't be on social media for hours and hours a day. I set that little timer on my phone so that I'm only on it for 15 minutes. That should fix it, right? But when that little thing comes up that says, you're at 15 minutes, would you like to cancel for the day? And I almost always hit yes, cancel for the day. It's just proof that just because we know something doesn't mean we're going to take the right action on it. All right, I just threw myself under the bus there, but you know you do it too, and I do it, and I hate it. And I always say when I retire one day, I'm taking all social media off my phone. (laughs) Now, back to it, but really and honestly, knowledge that is useless, redundant, or inaccurate, it doesn't make you powerful. It may even be more harmful. For example, if biologically insignificant drops in blood sugar lead you to snack more, because you're trying to avoid hypoglycemia, you could gain weight and actually increase your risk of developing diabetes. If the monitoring system sometimes provides inaccurate information or false alarms, which to my understanding it does quite a bit, unnecessary anxiety calls to the doctors, visits to the emergency room, or inappropriate treatment might happen just because it is not always going to give you the right information. Let's face it, I'm sure these things have not been perfected yet, right? Now, there was another doctor, Spencer Nadolsky, a family physician who specializes in obesity and lipidology and is the medical director of a weight loss program called Sequence. Now, this is what this doctor had to say. He said, the issue I've seen is where there becomes a pathological stress around glucose readings. 
Nadalski has personally stress tested CGMs eating massive quantities of brownies and pizza to see how he could clock his blood sugar. He wanted to see how high he could get it. So he ate a whole lot of brownies and a whole lot of pizza. He was basically creating his own little test here to get his blood sugar as high as it could be. He also notes he didn't need a CGM to know that his blood sugar was going to spike super high. Now his concern is that people won't necessarily be able to make sense of the actual data they're even gonna get from these CGMs and that they may tailor their lifestyle for optimal CGM data instead of the inverse. He's already seen very healthy people stop exercising because they noticed that their blood sugar was rising during times of exertion and he's concerned that people will feel empowered to eat things like bacon and butter because those things and those foods don't cause that blip on the CGM as something like blueberries might. So that's where too much information can sometimes be a problem because that information is then not going to be used properly. Because if your only goal is to keep your glucose in a certain range, a range that apparently they haven't really even identified yet as to what would be appropriate for all people, because you know there's not a range that's gonna be appropriate for every single person. Every single body is different. So if people are now going to use this fad device and say, okay, now everything I do for my health and nutrition and to lose weight is going to revolve around being at this particular glucose number, then yes, they're going to stop exercising in some ways because that's going to impact that number. They're going to potentially eat a lot more of the bacon. That's not going to increase their sugar. And then they're going to stop eating fruit. As if fruit is the reason that people are gaining weight. People, nobody is gaining weight because they had two apples. Like, it's just not the way it is. Like, I try to have my clients eat two to three fruits a day because there are health benefits. I do tell them that I wouldn't eat more than two to three a day because it is a lot of sugar. But I would never say, do not eat fruit. I think you need to eat fruit every day. We need the fiber, we need the vitamins, we need those nutrients. So it would be such a shame that this device benefits someone who eats bacon, but not blueberries. Do you see where I'm going? It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. So at the end of the day, the bottom line, unfortunately, is that some makers of these CGM systems, they're, they're not waiting for solid research results to market these devices to healthy people. Why would they? They don't have to, so they're not going to. So consumers and marketing professionals, not researchers or doctors, they may wind up driving demand for the product but you have to be very cautious when that happens. For any new technology, there's a scientific learning curve to figure out when to use it. And in this doctor's view, the doctor from Harvard Health, he says that we're at the very beginning of that learning curve for home monitoring of blood sugar in people without diabetes. And before buying into what may be the next fad in health monitoring, he really feels like we need to learn a lot 
more. And then he says one of my favorite things. He says, there is wisdom in the teachings of one of my favorite professors in medical school. And the quote is this, just because you can measure something doesn't mean you should. And it is so, so true, everyone. We get a little crazy because we can measure so much more than we ever did before. And information is power. But sometimes too, too much information is sort of, it's not power. It's debilitating people in many ways. And sometimes too much information means absolutely nothing to people because they don't know what to do with that data. And so it really just becomes irrelevant. Now, sadly, it's always about weight loss for people. I mean, generally, I don't know Anybody who is doing most of these fad diets that are not trying to lose weight. And this is not a diet, it's a fad device, in my opinion, to lose weight. And I just don't think it's going to benefit anyone. And I don't want you to fall into this trap of using it or wondering if you should, if you shouldn't. And of course, if your neighbor's using it and they're happy, let them be, let them be happy. But whenever there is a device like this, just remember, when someone first starts it, or when someone first starts a diet, a new fad diet, they always lose weight initially because they're not just, they're not losing weight because they stuck a filament in their arm. They're losing weight because now that the filament is in their arm, they're not eating the Snickers bar and they're not eating all the cookies that they were eating before. And so that is what you have to remember. Nothing is changing because of the filament in the arm. All right? The CGM is not making them healthier. It's making them stop some of those bad habits. But if you would like to just stop those bad habits, you can do that without putting a needle in your arm and paying thousands of dollars a month. Because at the end of the day, what's never going to change is that healthy eating, exercising, and getting enough sleep are the only way that you are ever going to have control over your health and your weight. And there you have it, my team. I hope you are all doing great, and I hope you're having a fabulous fall season. Just remember, the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. 